this episode, we have watched and will be reviewing Miss Juneteenth that was written and directed by Channing Godfrey Peoples. Um, we also have a fantastic interview with her coming up, so please do tune in, um, stick around and listen for something amazing because this is probably one of the best films that I think I've seen um, this year so far and it's been a shitstorm of a year. So, uh, listen in. guys um welcome again to another episode of the cultural um this is another solo episode just mainly because we have so much going on at the moment which is great and all of that um so what we're going to be doing is we're we have watched and we are going to review uh, miss juneteenth you'll make me burn these ribs hurry up and finish stocking ball ain't running ball don't make no money i'm already wishing pay on this power bill Run by bankings. You know they moving some. I warned him about taking money from them white folk. The one he had was just fine. Ain't nothing wrong with trying to do better. That's the American dream. American dream? Ain't no American dream for black folks. We got to hold on to what we got. Now, it may not be as fancy as you wanted around here, Miss Juneteenth, but it's mine. I own it, free and clear. And the way folks down in the city been trying to run me off for years, but I got my papers. And when you get you something worth holding on to, you make sure can't nobody take it from you. Honestly, this was so powerful. I love this film so much. So the film was written and directed by Channing Godfrey peoples i always say her name wrong so i wanted to make sure that i got it right channing godfrey peoples um and it's basically a film about a single mum who is trying to hold down a household her household um with a rebellious teenager and what she's trying to do while she's trying to work multiple jobs her teen she's trying to convince her teenager to take part in the miss juneteenth pageant and being a former beauty queen herself who didn't exactly make the right choices in life she is very helicopter mum trying to be very encouraging um to ensure that her daughter goes through the Miss Juneteenth pageant and you know makes a better life of herself that she didn't ultimately get the chance to so what Juneteenth is so um in America Juneteenth is um a national holiday um which they call the Emancipation Day so back in 1850, 1865, sorry, not 1850, 1865, um, Texas, the state of Texas, emancipated their slaves two years later after they had been officially been freed by the president, I think it was Abraham Lincoln at the time. Um, so Texas was like two years behind the rest of um, the nation. So when um, the newly freed slaves found out they had a mess of party and it's a celebration of that so the film so this state of um texas now celebrates juneteenth with um massive carnivals and festivities and one of the things that they do is this miss, miss juneteenth pageant and part of the pageant is to help young black women you know I guess, you know, be sort of like poised and elegant 
and to help them elevate themselves, um, you know, sort of like in life. With this particular pageant in the film, they are offered a scholarship to um, a black university, a predominantly black or historically black university. Um, so in the film, uh, Turquoise Jones tries to encourage her daughter to take part in it because ultimately she's trying to encourage her daughter to be better than she was. So now she being strong mother with multiple jobs trying to get her daughter on the straight and narrow and it's just amazing honestly um oh let me go into who the film stars now the film stars Nicole Berry who is such a fantastic actress um I'm not sure if everyone remembers but she also starred in Shame 42 she was in Sleepy Hollow if um we have any American fans there but she's also um there's this clip that's circulating on Twitter so if you haven't seen this episode of Black Mirror it's absolutely fantastic it's the Striking Vipers episode which also has um who is it Anthony Mackie and Yaha Abdul Mati the second um and she had she does this fantastic monologue bit where they're sitting in a booth for dinner she is just a fantastic actress this is she's probably one of again one of the best actors actresses that I've seen in such a long time she deserves everything I just we need to get her in more things because she's absolutely fantastic she carries the role of um of turquoise just so fantastically so breathlessly so just in in her stride she plays a young mother so she would have been a teenage mother by the impression of the story and you know at one like there's several parts because her teenage is slightly wayward um not wayward in such terms but she's just not doing what her mother wants um and she gives like this death stare and we all know this death stare that your parents <laughs> used to give you and it's abs she just absolutely nails it she's absolutely fucking fantastic that's i just um give her all the awards or the everything um also starring in film is Kendrick Samson, who everyone might remember from Insecure. I think he plays Nathan in Insecure. Um, again, he's brilliant in this. I, um, you know, I not that I wasn't convinced about his acting skills, um, but he isn't such a prominent character in Insecure, so I was glad to see him in this and what what else he could do. Um, the film also stars um Alexis Chickenese. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, apologies if I'm not, who, if you can believe, is her first ever acting role. Um, and she does fantastically well as well. She, you would think that this was probably, you know, this, she'd been acting since she was a child. She, again, just so effortless and stunning. She's beautiful. Like, I literally could not take my eyes off the screen. She's absolutely just gorgeous. Um, so if, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing her in more things as well, because, um, she did just incredibly well to just carry, um, the role of Kai, the daughter, um, and, you know, trying to find her own person, you know, she doesn't want to be her, you know, she is her mother's child and the relationship between mother and daughter is, is very authentic, is very genuine and, you can see that they try to make their relationship work because, you know, they butt heads in certain areas. Obviously, she, um, Kai doesn't want to be part of the pageant. She wants to do her own thing. She wants to take part in sort of like a dancing, um, you know, sort of like in the American schools where they have like the dancing girls, not the cheerleaders, the specifically black dancers. <laughs> she wants to take part in that, whereas her mum wants to take part in Juneteenth. She associates those dances with um, different things. Um, whereas she believes that Juneteenth will take her um, 
further in, you know, further in the world where she could actually become someone and not fall victim to, you know, I guess like life and bad choices as she did. Um, and again, the film is so subtle in how it sort of like pronounces a lot of these things. Um, you know, there are scenes where we find out that um, Turquoise is actually a stripper, but we don't see that. And I think that's fucking fantastic it's probably one of my just I it just makes me feel so strongly about that because I hate gratitude sex in films um you know she also has um you know she also sleeps with her partner who play who's played by Samson and it's just like um so Ken, Kendrick Samson sorry use his full name um you know they obviously are sort of like a strange husband and wife um you know they 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 have sex at some point in the film and we find out that turquoise is a stripper but again we don't see these it's it's insinuated and not even insinuated it's said we know that they have sex and we know that turquoise is a stripper but we don't see her sort of like scantily clad in a bikini in a thong you know traipsing up and down the stage in fucking you know platform glitterati boots i just we didn't need to see that and i think that's one of the it's one of the things that I genuinely love about um, Channing and her work as a director is just you don't there's a lot of scenes that didn't need to be over explained or overdone um, it's just I, I I was in love with this film I think it's so well shot um, Channing also does this fantastic thing of like shooting around the community and it's so it's just she captures it in such a way that you I will a want to learn more or be part of it because it's so vibrant, so interesting. It's you know such a fantastic community to be a part of, despite you know there being you know poverty and you know everyone not particularly living you know probably living paycheck to paycheck basically. Um, but again, it's just like it's so well captured and everyone is trying really hard to make the most of life, and it's just beautifully done. I think this film is is I, I i loved everything about it you just sort of see the different types of um black women in the film as well um and when you listen to the interview with channing later on um she ex you know she explains why she's featured the different generations and why you know how she's pronouncing these differences within the generations because we also see the relationship between turquoise and her mother as well as obviously turquoise and kai and the differences and you know what they deem as important in their lives and why they want and what they want for their children it's she she mentions you know generational curse and you can you can clearly see how it's kind of trickling through and where um, towards the end of the film or at the end of the film you see turquoise breaking or trying to break that generational curse and not you know push that onto her daughter kai it's just you know absolutely fantastic i um we're, we're, it's really hard i don't know how nicole does it as turquoise but again this is i guess the beauty of channing's work the writing where in which you know turquoise is clutching onto her history as a former beauty queen she you know she thinks that her life can be better her life would have been better if she hadn't made bad choices or her daughter's life will be better if she follows her specific choices maybe completely didn't exactly the opposite um of what she did but 
also whilst doing that is sacrificing a lot of things in her life such as um you know she doesn't pay her electric bills because you know she really wants to buy this fantastic dress for her daughter or you know she doesn't pay um Ronnie's um bail <laughs> because she wants to you know contribute to her daughter getting into this pageant and it's just like she's sacrificing all of these things just to try and give her daughter the best life or what she deems is the best life for her daughter um and I kind of saw it as like a bondage with her past her relationship with Ronnie you know um you know this kind of almost like she's reaching out for for a better future while still being sort of like chained to her past that she can't let go of every minute she'd remind everybody you know maybe you know everyone does know her as Miss Juneteenth and she's trying to you know not necessarily escape it because you know she doesn't want to be associated with it because you know she's not doing wedding life she's working in a bar she's scrubbing toilets she's a stripper she's you know she's not exactly doing wedding life um so but also she knows that there is opportunities with being Miss Juneteenth and she she's trying trying to do better for herself and her child it's the film absolutely what else I loved um was the fact that despite it being a small community everyone trying for each other you could see how it was a beautiful community and I I think I hope I touched on this earlier um how everyone is sort of like looking out for each other and trying to do best for one another in one of the scenes um the bar owner has a heart attack and everyone comes together and has um sort of like a fund fundraising party to raise money for his medical bills um you know when when turquoise has to work she's you know like the next door neighbors looking after her and it's such a fantastic lovely community for everyone to get together and they touch on why they have this community because they know and understand that the white man or the white people white people in general i guess in the local area aren't for them and you can see that by the microaggressions in um just just one scene of the film you know like when turquoise goes to buy this dress she says she doesn't want her daughter to go to the pageant or be in the pageant in a secondhand dress she's just she wants her to be above that she wants her to be better than that she wants her to have a better life than she did which is absolutely fine um, however, when she does go to a white person's store to buy this pageant dress, the first thing that she says to her is, we don't do layaway. These kind of micro questions that people face in, that black people face in life is absolutely wild. And so there are several hints in the film where the community, black people for themselves, are trying to do for themselves um the bar owner wants to own his bar he wants to keep his bar that is his that is his legacy and he knows and he's trying to keep you know that out of the hands again of the white man because he knows what that would mean for himself and his community ronnie wants to buy um he wants to buy a garage and so it's such a fucked up scene where he actually takes her money um to buy this garage because he knows it's a good opportunity because he might not be able to potentially get work elsewhere and um without giving too much away spoilers at the end it's a, there's a lot about ownership in the black community that is touched on in this film and i absolutely love it the film didn't end how i think we all thought the film would end but i think it ended better in the sense that 
you don't always necessarily get what you want, but you get what you need. Um, and that, you know, if that's sort of like a religious or biblical thing or, you know, trust the universe, it's just fantastic. It brought me to tears. I laughed. I, it's just a fantastic film and I'm going to give this a straight five out of five. I do recommend that everybody watches it. I do suggest that you take the time, watch it in the cinema for the experience, watch it at home with friends because of COVID-19, social distancing, but whatever you do, please do take the time to watch this film. Um, it is brilliant. I believe that everyone will learn or feel something from it at least, um, yeah that's that's my view, review on that please do check it out um and we also had a fantastic opportunity to speak to Channing um so here is our interview with Channing hi how are you good how are you yeah not too bad you look amazing <laughs> oh, please I was just like oh my gosh I didn't have any time to pull myself together <laughs> really no you look well if that's not put together then you look <laughs> then you, you just look fantastic so thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me um oh, thank you for having me no of course i mean june teeth just um looks and sounds amazing and so it's an absolute honor that you're gonna take just a moment to talk us through it um so could you just tell us about the film please yeah miss Juneteenth um is a film about turquoise and she's a former beauty queen turned hard-working single mother who's preparing her rebellious teenage daughter for the Miss Juneteenth pageant, and she's hoping to keep her from repeating her same mistakes. Mm. Um, and so where did the concept of the film come from? I mean, it's interesting because I say that um, the film has been with me my whole life. Like when I was growing up, you know, um, I would go annually to the Miss Juneteenth pageant and just to kind of describe that a little bit for people who haven't seen the film yet. It's a um, scholastic beauty pageant for young um, black women in Texas, and um, it commemorates um, Juneteenth, which happens on the 19th of every year. And it acknowledges the fact that the enslaved people in Texas didn't find out they were free until two and a half years after everyone else. Um, and so we commemorated in Texas um, in an interesting way. It's commemorated with like parades and blues music and barbecue. And the community really comes together to commemorate our ancestors. Um, and in the centerpiece of that is the Miss Juneteenth pageant um, that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. No, um, it sounds fantastic. And so um, a lot of the film was based on I guess your own personal experiences yes yes <laughs> I was never um in the Miss Juneteenth pageant but I'm completely nostalgic about it because you know I can remember going to it and um it, it being entirely like confidence building for me as a young black woman in Texas, because, you know, I've, I've said this before, but I say it was my version of Miss America because I got to go and see these young black women on stage in real time. And, you know, the thing that um, I remember the most was their face. There, there was hope on their face. They looked hopeful and excited about life. And I think that was formative for me, especially as a young black woman, seeing that. Fantastic. Um, and that will follow on to that one of my other questions as well, but I'll get to that. <laughs> and so um, this is your directorial debut film. Can you tell us a bit more about the process of getting the film off the ground? Because as a first time director, I can assume it's probably a bit harder or probably not what you expected it to be. And maybe as a woman of colour, maybe harder than it would be for your peers. Yeah, I mean, it was difficult for sure. I'm not <laughs> that's what about that. 
I um I did go to film school and um you know I was thinking about and had done several shorts and I was thinking about what you know my first feature would be and I really knew you know I love this community so I grew up in this community in which I shot the film and you know um authenticity I discovered was very very important to me as a filmmaker and so I was trying to figure out a story that I could most authentically portray and so I returned back to the community I grew up in to tell this story in and um you know it was difficult but there was I was always approaching it from the sense that I would make the film no matter what um one of the producers on the film also happens to be my husband and we started out as creative partners actually we met in film school and we both discovered that we were you know um making films about black folks in the south you know that often highlighted history and culture and uh, we really pushed the film up the hill together and um what we would do is say, you know, we're going to make this film, whether we have to make it on an iPhone or, you know, at that time it was like a 7D that was the thing, you know, we were going to make it no matter what. And um, Neil, who I mentioned, you know, who's the producer, my creative partner, basically said, well, let's, you know, reach out to different development programs and, you know, enter into competitions and things like that. And if nothing else, we'll get notes on the film and we could further the film that way. And so that helped started getting the film out into the world. And um, it also helped us continue to develop the film. And, um, you know, and the film started, you know, it started getting legs. Like people started, you know, discovering the script and things like that. And then people would say, oh, you know, maybe we connect you with this and that. Um, and we then met, you know, our producing partners and then later the financier. Um, but we were going to make the film no matter what, what really, you know, what really, I think what the progress was, was the production value started being raised, you know, as we would go on, like we started seeing it in a, a bigger way and it's still a smaller film, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, it wasn't the film that we took and made on our iPhone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's different. So it's a, it's a fantastic film, honestly. I, I think it's amazing. Um, and so um, what I think was um, really, you've highlighted so many things in the film and, and I thought they were all really important. Um, but as a woman of colour, do you think, or how important do you think it is to highlight your culture? You mentioned that you and your husband would um, made films, um, short films, sort of like um, about your backgrounds and stuff. So how important do you think it is to have that narrative um i guess for audiences to see oh it's oh it's everything to me because like i was talking about that authenticity and that specificity like you know i want to be an authority in my work and i'm still am not an authority i'm not a you know historian i'm a filmmaker but i'm talking about my experience of or i'm bringing my experience of how history has impacted you know me and in the present day and you know um how it has impacted the community and you know i'm attempting to put that on screen so i think you know um culture is so important it's you know how we are you know how we approach the world how we are informed and go out into the world you know and it, for me it was something that you know i hold on to with both hands you know 
I love being a black woman and you know I want to tell stories not just about black women but about the interior lives of black women mm-hmm. you know I want to have these fully fleshed out characters who have love lives and are you know and are mothers or maybe they don't choose to be mothers mm-hmm. or you know who have different professions and different ways that they approach the world you know I want to continue to do that so history and culture is entirely important um I love that um because um in one of your previous interviews you said that um you didn't see uh, many complex roles for African-American women. Um, <laughs> you're just shaking your head. It's just, um, and so I think um, what you've done is really important is um, as, a, as a creative, as a filmmaker, is that the complex roles that you didn't see, you've gone out and created them yourself. Or, you know, this is, you've portrayed those to a wider audience that maybe they hadn't seen it, but you have, and now you're almost gifting it to the world, which I think, was that sort of like intentional? Or did you want your characters to be um complex so that everyone could see that or was there a difference yeah, for, for sure i mean i think what 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 happened to me <laughs> was that um you know along the journey like i started in community theater but i fell in love with literature and um the, you know when i say that i wasn't seeing those complex roles in in cinema what i was where i was finding them was in literature so like Mm -hmm. i you know i used tony morrison as an example Mm -hmm. and alice walker and women like that but i could i could go and um read their books and i could just see visually you know those roles in my head um uh, and, and so i didn't i didn't so much feel a boy because i was finding it in literature but i did i was like oh if there was a way that you know we could find a way to marry that and bring that to screen it would be incredible you know i still have those goals you know i i think ultimately i feel a sense of responsibility to tell our stories you know it's what makes me excited you know i i, I love black black folks and you know that love translates to my work and as a black woman if i just see like avoid on screen you know i want to participate in bringing more black women leads um Mm -hmm. to you know in front of the camera obviously i want us behind the camera as well but um i just would love to see more representation in in a complex nuanced way absolutely and is that the same for black love because um i feel like that was an important theme as well in the film so that was something that you wanted to share with the world and yeah, I mean, for sure. And there are many versions of it. Obviously, you see like uh, Turquoise navigating her love life, but Cotton navigating her love mm-hmm. life as well, you know, um, in their different examples. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, I wanted to, I want to be able to, no matter how I approach relationship um, in my stories, I want to be able to show them as humanly as possible. Like I, the way I describe it is, um, I just don't want things, you know, things are often not just black and white, they're shades of gray. And I want to find a way to, you know, um, bring that into the storytelling. Cause like, I, like, you know, I keep going back to literature, but that's what I experienced mm-hmm. in, you know, literature, like you get a chance to like, uh, you know, in literature, explore the shades of gray. And I'm literally trying to find a way to marry that to cinema, you know, so I'm like storytelling in as many aspects as possible in the production design and the costume design you know in the cinematography like wherever I can fit a little bit of storytelling in the sound design which I love you know Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a way to add a little bit more story so we feel more of the complexities it's uh I mean you mentioned all of those different um sort of like aspects to filmmaking so you were um you were 
had many hats, I guess, during this production. So writer, producer, director, <laughs> and then dips into sort of like, you know, music and um, costume design. Um, was that a conscious choice because you wanted to sort of hold on to that narrative and, you know, um, ensure it wasn't diluted by anybody else's input? Or um, was was it sort of like a, a bigger decision from like a studio or or anything else like that? Yeah, no, I had really fabulous collaborators because like, you know, in I was really I I, I knew this world so intimately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was important for me, obviously, as the writer director to be the authority on this world and say this is the story that I'm telling. Mm-hmm. And so like I would literally um you know, there build little visual books, you know. Um often in collaboration with my production designer and my cinematographer in order to like visually be able to say this is what the world looks like and this is what we want to um take forward like we want to end up visually here and that was often informed by the inspiration for creating the film like this community in particular that I was capturing um is a just like you see on the film a close-knit black community Mm -hmm. um but it's being gentrified and there's a couple of allusions to that in the film Mm -hmm. and the businesses that remain a couple that you see in the film, like Mm -hmm. the bar and the funeral home are businesses that are legacy businesses. People are holding on to them no matter what, and they're Mm -hmm. passed down through generations. And so, you know, the film needed to have that lived in quality. Like everything feels like it's like slightly past its expiration date, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's still like viable and there's still all this life in it, you know, And so that informed what I wanted the film to look like and it informed what I wanted the film to feel like. And so that's how I communicated with my collaborators and was able to retain, you know, the original vision for the project. And it's fantastic, honestly. And did you get any, uh, maybe any pushback, any feedback from anybody else? It's like, oh, not quite sure about this. I feel a bit uneasy about this. Was it? Um, was there anything sort of like during production that um, just made it a bit harder for you to create the vision that you wanted? Sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know that I have specific examples because there's all kind of things, <laughs> yeah. you know, an independent film that could go wrong you know you can lose a location there could be weather there could be things that happen but you're also creating a film that's so personal that people may not you know implicitly see the vision right off top Mm -hmm. you know it's your job I feel like as a filmmaker to say okay this is the vision and even if people can't see it readily you know you keep pushing forward in that vision to try to get the original inspiration for the film you know and then later people say okay now I you know (laughs) I was like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> a better idea of where you were going but you know so, sometimes you can't quite you know articulate completely mm-hmm. what it is in the moment but you have to like for me it was like pushing forward like even if it was like um you know a scene that I thought was important for some reason like we were running behind time I was like okay we have to stay in this scene yeah. you know because I know emotionally I need this to be resonant mm-hmm. you know And so I may spend more time here or, you know, we can't lose this dialogue because I know that it's like a domino effect. You know, I'll need it later on. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, you're going to lose things when you get into the edit, you know, and some things you needed to lose. You know, I'm a filmmaker. I know about myself like um, in the writing, I'm going to over explain because Mm -hmm. I want people to be able to get it, you know. 
Um, but there's some things that we were able to navigate just because we had, you know, really terrific actors who were able to bring nuance to their Mm -hmm. roles, you know, so we were able to see it in the emotion from their faces. And they were fantastic. And so could you tell me a bit more about the costing? Um, Because I honestly feel like you completely nailed it. It was just like, this is, you could see some sort of, um, you know, you had a connection with sort of like each person because it was like, oh, I know someone like that or, you know, I know someone like this. And I just, um, yeah, could you talk us a bit about the um, costume process? Yeah, I knew that I was always going to, um, or, or, you know, what I aimed for was, I was like, you know, I was looking for really um, nuanced actors who could bring, you know, portray some of those complexities of the lead roles. But I knew that I was always going to um, uh, pepper it with, you know, real folks Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well Um, from the community. You know, that was important for that sense of authenticity that I was talking about earlier. Um, So we had some fantastic actors in our leads. Um, We also in, you know, the supporting roles, we had um, actors who were, you know, who lived in the community, you know, I hate to even call them local actors because they're just so outstanding that I don't want to reduce down the local that, actors. Yeah, I mean, they're great. <laughs> but they, were, they, they lived locally, but, you know, um, and I'm thinking about in that, just like um, Turquoise is the, the, uh, the waitress that works at the bar, Betty Ray, and, mm. you know, the owner of the bar, um, who's played by a fantastic actor, Marcus Malden, and like the actor who plays Bacon. But, um, and then obviously our leads, Nicole Bahari mm-hmm. and Alexis Chikese and um, Kendrick Sampson, who plays Ronnie. Yeah. They're um, really fantastic actors who are working in the world. And um, for Alexis, this was her first feature film, which yeah. still my Just mind. Amazing. <laughs> she's so incredible and naturally talented. Mm-hmm. And then Nicole is obviously, you know, someone many people have seen before yeah. and I admired her work for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's someone who could bring that sense of nuance to Turquoise's journey. So I was pleased with where we got in the cast. It was honestly fantastic. Um, and so you've transitioned from, you said from theatre um, to fit, well, to TV um, and then to film. And so, um, was that an intentional journey because you always knew that you wanted to always do film or was this more of a I guess like a creative flow sort of like where you go where the creativity sort of like leads you I think I was um I was fighting for the dream (laughs) (laughs) much like like turquoise is obviously a very personal film Mm -hmm. but um you know when you talk about earlier you know you, you asked me, was it difficult as a black woman to get this film made? You know, I really, there was no infrastructure for cinema where I was growing up, mm. um, especially not for, you know, there may have been for other folks, but for a young black woman in Fort Worth, Texas, like I didn't even dream of that dream early on. You know, I, I got inspired by community theater. You know, it was the, if I had, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not, but there was a small community theater in my neighborhood called Sojourner Truth. Exactly. And I would, go there and I would see those complex black plays, you know? Mm. And, um, like I remember seeing for colored girls and like pearly and things like that. And I was like super inspired. Mm. You know? <laughs> I was like this, you know, and all I could see really was the actors, you yeah. know, telling the story. And so I didn't even think about kind of the behind the scenes and I later would learn some of those things and watching, you know, plays go mm. up, go up in the community but it never like really clicked, you know, that I could marry it to cinema until later in life when um, 
I, I was like, yeah, I want to be an, an actor, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what I had seen. And so mm-hmm. I kind of went out to L.A., dipped my toe in the water and ended up in a small, um, in a student thesis film mm-hmm. and um, at USC, where I went to film school in University of Southern California, yeah, where I went to yeah. <laughs> film school. And um, I got really fascinated with everything that was happening behind the camera. It was like, wow, you know that could be that could make these stories in my head accessible you know that's when it kind of clicked and I applied to film school (laughs) I love that that's I I think that that resonates a lot with me for some reason I'm not a filmmaker but I love that that was your inspiration as in sort of like you know I have complex nuance um I you know stories that I want to I guess share with the world um as you said so thank you so much for that because we're so (laughs) (laughs) um and uh, were you ever, because it's such a personal story, um, were you ever concerned that it wouldn't quite translate um, internet, like, I guess, to some audiences and then internationally? Because I guess in the UK, we don't have a Juneteenth day, but I think uh, there are some people who know what it is um, stateside. And um, we don't typically, or I guess we don't celebrate sort of like, um, you know, the... Um, end of slavery in the UK we do have a black history month but it's not quite the same so were you sort of concerned that some some messages some stories probably wouldn't translate as as well as you wanted I mean sure sure I had that fear but it wasn't just the UK I was like is this gonna go past uh Fort Worth Texas (laughs) (laughs) it's like what about the rest of the states you have a 5150 states or yeah (laughs) But no, but no, honestly, you know, it was such a specific, you know, story. Um, But I also knew in us developing the film and it going through different development programs, like, you know, um, the Sundance Film Festival has Mm -hmm. their institute and we were involved in their institute and, you know, several other like really wonderful development programs in the state states. And so as we went through those programs, you know, we started to understand that, even in its specificity, there were some universal themes throughout the film that were connecting with people, you know, it being like a mother's star- mm-hmm. daughter story. And there are these, mm-hmm. you know, themes of legacy and, um, um, you know, the, I was tackling something that, you know, we call in the South. I don't know if you've heard of this, but generational curses, yes. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> right. So look, it did translate that much, but just mm-hmm. like, what we pass down and what we leave behind. Yeah. So there's just some themes that universally, like we navigate as like families and individuals, you know, um, I, I was tackling relationships, you know, I just wanted to create this really human story. And in doing that, I just was hoping that it would continue to connect with mm. people, you know, across cultures, no matter where you were. So hopefully it's doing that. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, I can say from us. Absolutely. <laughs> Again. So thank you um and uh last few questions uh what did you what would you like the audience to take away from with them from after viewing the film you know i'm so funny in that because i hate p- for people to tell me how to feel when yeah. I <laughs> yeah i'm like That's fair. do not tell me yeah. how to feel. <laughs> and now i feel the opposite yeah <laughs> but i'm stubborn like that you know i would just um if i if i wish for any for people to take anything from it i hope that they would have some sense of hope you know when they leave i'm using hope a dozen times i mean because (laughs) that's what it that's what it is and that's what it does so yeah absolutely 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just wanted to find a way to connect. So, and, and I've been able to have like these wonderful conversations like I'm having with you. So like, you know, I've already feel like I, I'm, I'm winning. Yes, you know, the, absolutely. The one thing that I'll say is whenever, you know, I was naive about reviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because my head was so in making the movie. And I was also at the same time, I was navigating my own motherhood. <laughs> like, I was oh, God, yeah. <laughs> And um, so I didn't worry as much about that stuff. What I worried more about, you know, and the reviews have been wonderful. Like I've been able to have some really wonderful conversations Mm -hmm. around the film, you know, as a result of the reviews. Um, You know, I feel really grateful to have gotten reviews, the film reviewed, you know. But at the same time, like I would think I was more concerned with how the community would feel about the film. And and that they would feel respected and um, valued and appreciated because that's how I felt about them, you know. And so that was my nervousness. Uh, (laughs) No, I'm sure they do because you did, again, a fantastic job of it. And I think for their, um, you know, community to be... um, you know, shown in such a beautiful narrative and um, for people to understand, again, the community as well. I think you've absolutely done them justice and I think that they, I think that they would be very pleased. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out to speak with me. This is, I can't um, our time is done. I know, <laughs> already, just like that. <laughs> such a great conversation yeah honestly but thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us thank you no i loved it thank you thank you (laughs) and that was me speaking to channing godfrey peoples um and she is just incredible just amazing honestly now i wish that i had more time with her because i have so many other questions um but yes that's it that was our that was that's our episode today um thank you guys for tuning in do drop us a note if you have any questions if you have any feedback on reviews please like subscribe share all of that um thank you again bye